Welcome to The Endless Shelf. I am your host, Renata. Each week, a book lover adds a kid's book they love to our shelf. But before they tell us all about it, I need them to answer some important questions that definitely will not include kittens. Now, I know those of you who listened last week might be wondering, will my dog be interrupting our podcave activities today? Well, no, he will not be making an appearance. He and I had a long conversation after last week. He is very sorry indeed for making a mess and interrupting Ali. He wasn't particularly sorry, however, for those things he said about me or the podcave. He actually added a few more opinions but those won't be hitting the airwaves. He is downstairs with a nice big treat, so I am certain no dogs will feature in this episode. Now let's get to know our guest for the week. Apsara Baldovino is a talented and dreamy kids' book author with a knack for making visions come to life. She lives in Sydney by the sea with her family When she's not writing beautiful stories, she works for important people to share their skills and talents with the world. She likes browsing bookstores, drinking tea, and spending time with her boys. Her debut picture book, The Lucky Shack, is what we have to discuss and fall in love with today. Welcome to the shelf, Apsura. Thank you, Renata. Lovely to meet you, and thank you for having me. How did you discover your passion for writing kids' books? I never actually thought I would be a writer, even though in my day job, I do do a lot of serious pitches for clients and all sorts of things. So there is a, there is a skill of writing there, but I'm one of those creative people. I've always been since I was a little child from coloring in to making little felt tip bears. I just think it's inside me. I need to have some sense of creativity in me and wasn't until my first child, Dashiell, was born and he's now eight years old. Him and I would, and my husband, would read a lot of stories together at night and every night it was our ritual and I could see how much he loved picture books. We'd read Oliver Jeffers' books and Davina Bell's and Peter Brown and John Classen and he would just memorise the words. Even as a three-year-old, he knew every line. I just loved the bond that it had between myself or my husband and my son. For me, I just thought, oh, that would be quite fun if I could turn my creativity to writing some picture book ideas. And so that was when the ideas started to form in my head because I loved all these cool modern picture books that were out in the world. Yeah. Do you remember the moment that you came up with the idea for The Lucky Shack? Yes. With my second son, Valentino, I was on maternity leave and my best friend, Zena, said to me, why don't you come to my little tiny house in Coasters, which is opposite Palm Beach. You've got to get a ferry to get there. And she's like, why don't you spend the week there? And so all of us, we had this really beautiful, dreamy week. She had kayaks and she had paddle boards and we could just go for bushwalks. And it was this very idyllic moment in time. I think because there's nothing to distract you. The kids could just create and build things and I just sat on her deck and I would just write what I could see in front of me. I could see these beautiful colours around me. I could see little boats bobbing gently around the sea and all I could think of was, wow, this little place here, this little shack is very lucky. So that's when the story started to form. It was centred around gratitude of being in that moment and everything I could see around me. 
Yeah. Yes. Well, that's beautiful. Isn't it interesting what can come from sort of shutting the big wide world out and just being present? That's going to be felt by anyone reading The Lucky Shack. Yeah. I think when you don't have all these other noises around you, so much comes to you in that silence. Yeah, that's beautiful. Are two tutus too, too much? Two tutus? Definitely not. I think I'm one of those people that can dress up. I love to put on a fancy hat. So if you give me two tutus, I will definitely wear two tutus. One for the top, one for the bottom. (laughs) Exactly. You could turn it into a dress, couldn't you? Really? Yeah. (laughs) What do you love about kids' books in general? I love that they're like a piece of art to me where words and pictures can come together and they can make you laugh. They can make you cry. Some books you just want to hug and you want to read over and over and over again. Definitely in my story with The Fisherman, there's often a lot of questions that come from the kids. And I like for the adult reader and the child reader to have those conversations. So I love that picture books can do that. Yeah, they sort of take on a life of their own, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's very special. When you see a button somewhere and you don't know what it does, do you press it? Yes. I've always been one of those people that loves to press a button. (laughs) Well, you've got to know what it does. (laughs) I know. I have just, it's very hard for me not to want to press it. And I think my little one, Valentino, is the same. He follows my footsteps. He'll press any button. So, yeah. Yes, for sure. We're scientists in this world. We've got to test things and figure them out. Yeah. You never know. It could be a fun escape hatch or a door to a mystery world like Narnia. That's right. Yeah. Do you feel like writing kids' books is your calling? I would say yes. There's definitely more books in me. It's something I can't really let go of. I do need a bit of space and time to be able to do it because I have a very busy day job and I just want to be able to have that beautiful crevice of time that I can just dedicate to creating because I just love it so much. Do you think werewolves would be good at karaoke? Hmm, I think any animal could be good at karaoke. Mm. And werewolves would definitely have, I think, a punk rock kind of style. I think every animal would have their own style. But, yeah, they'd have a kind of leather jackets, little earrings dangling off their little ears. (laughs) I can imagine that. that. (laughs) That's an excellent image. If someone asked you to write a picture book about a piece of furniture in your home, what item would you choose? Oh, yes. Well, I have a vintage suitcase. I I love collecting vintage things. And so the fisherwoman in my book, she actually does fill the shack with vintage bits and pieces. So if I could, I would probably write a story from the perspective of that suitcase. It's got stickers all over it and you could tell a real great story about where it's been and who it's been with over time. Absolutely. And a more portable option to, say, a fridge or a washing machine. Yes. (laughs) You can actually go out into the world and do things in the story. What would you write about? Ooh, that is a hard choice. I think I would probably write about my son's ukulele. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I reckon it's got some deep thoughts and feelings that we all need to learn. Mm. Yes. What's the strangest place you've ever gotten an idea for a story? Just before I'm about to go to bed, 
something might come to me. And I have been known to not even turn the light on and just grab my book and write. So the morning, I don't even understand what's been written because it's all in scribbles. So yeah. maybe the strangest place would be in the dark in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Making unconnected, broken sentences. Yes. In the morning, yes. you're like, what, what, what about a cloud? <laughs> what did I think was going to be good there? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> So apart yeah. from writing, do you have any other creative interests? Yes, I have taken a watercolour course before, which I loved. I have taken calligraphy, writing or brush lettering, mm. clay making or pottery. I like anything to do with my hands, so I've done that before. I like dressing up in crazy outfits every now and then. But yeah, my creativity is in all different ways. Even I probably would say making the best cubby house for my kids, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be fun. Like what can I that use to make the best cubby house ever? <laughs> yeah. Do you think pockets need us as much as we need them? <laughs> I think pockets definitely need us because if it was just a pocket on its own, then it ceases to be a pocket. True. <laughs> It's purposeless. Then it's exactly. just an extra piece of fabric. Yeah, that's yeah. clinging on to nothing. I that's think right. We are, I think we need the symbiotic relationship mm. between pockets and humans. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> are you ready to talk about your book now? Yes, yes. Yay. So, illustrated by Jennifer Faulkner? Yes. She yes. is based in WA. She has created the most beautiful illustrations for the Lucky it's so Shack. so sweet. It's just beautiful. It feels like watercolour. Like yeah. there are pages that feel really warm, like the fisherman and the fisherwoman's when they're sitting by the fire. That's beautiful pages there. There's this gorgeous spread that, talks about the colours and yeah. that's what I could see when I was sitting on the, the deck at, in Zena's shack. It was all the... It's so pretty. Yeah, the different colours that are around us, the shades of colours, and then even when there's that really Ooh. scary, dark moment <laughs> in the book, you mm. know, she really brought that to life by pulling back the perspective, brought a lot of darkness to those pages. So I feel like it wasn't perhaps easy for her I didn't give her the most easiest task by giving emotions and character to a little shack but she's been able to do that with its little windows and its little mouth on the door yeah um, the door handle very yeah. very very clever she's a really talented woman hopefully one day maybe we could work on something else together that would be <laughs> lovely so where are we when we begin the book yes I am a lucky shack so it actually begins with the shack sitting on the edge of the water and it's there with its fisherman and it's looking out to sea. It's surrounded by mountains. There's a couple of seals there. Mm -hmm. It's this very beautiful and idyllic moment in the book where everything is serene and peaceful and you can feel just how lucky it is. And so have the fisherman and fisherwoman been with the shack for a long time? So the fisherman... You know, the fisherwoman comes in the second half of the book. So you'll oh, just have to, wow. yes, read it to know. So okay. it's, it's kind of, it talks to the different, you know, the cycle of life. 
yeah. and the different seasons that we have in nature but also in our life too. Mm. And so it's looking at the difficulties and gifts of change when things change in our lives. That's exactly right, yes. Yeah. So for a lot of us and whether we're little or adults, you know, there is sometimes life isn't always easy. We could lose something or someone mm. or there could be a big change in our life. We could change new schools or friends. That's and, right. you know, that can be not an easy period of time. So we can feel quite sad or down and the shack experiences that within this book. But then there's like often in our life there might be one little moment in time, whether it be a song or a new friend or a new school or a new person that comes into your life where everything seems that it can just change. And then that's mm. that moment where there's actually a little bit of hope that actually maybe it isn't so bad. Maybe maybe this taught me something and maybe something better is coming my way. So, yeah, yeah that's that's the, some of the deeper meanings that are Lovely. hidden within the book. Yeah, and so giving this building a personality, how have you used things like light and darkness to convey feelings? Yeah, that's a good question. So that was probably the biggest challenge that I had with this story because it is it it doesn't have legs and arms, it can't really move anywhere. So how was I going to give it some agency and personality and emotion? So there's a scene, so when this shack is kind of at its lowest, but it's still yearning for someone or something, there are little moments in which I give the shack that that personality. So it's flickering on its light, like the lighthouse on the cliff. So sending codes into the night. So that's that's something that could very well happen, you know, with a shack yeah. or with a person, more human form, or the fact that it was creaking its floorboards to, yeah. which sounded like groans in the night, which mm. does feel the same as, you know, if you were trying to get a message out there or you're feeling not so great, you would yeah. groan like that or you might send a message like that. Or in this case, like say if you were stranded on an island, you know, back in the day we might send a message in a bottle. Obviously yeah. a shack can't do that, but he actually, or I give it, I say it's a he, but <laughs> um, the shack lets go of a precious window shutter out oh. into the sea and that's its way of trying to get a message across. So mm. using different um, words like that perhaps expressed express that characterization of trying to seek help in different ways. And then with Jennifer's illustrations, she focused in on the windows as the eyes and you see that those eyes and the little mouth change throughout the book. And I think that's what gives the signal to the reader, oh, it's it's happy or it's feeling grateful. Oh, it's really experiencing sadness now. You can see you can see the the feeling in the shack by just those small expressions in the in the windows and the little mouth with the door. So it's really special. Yes, and she's picked up so well and every single illustration enhances the story. That's right. Yeah. I was very lucky to meet Zeno Sorda. I think that's how I say his name. He, as a, at my Melbourne launch and he's written the most beautiful books 
I just love his books, but he was saying how when he was reading it to his kids, he was reading the words, but it was his kids that had picked up on the expressions throughout the shack. And he said, I didn't notice that because he was just loving all the words. So then when he went back, he realized, oh, wow, it's like the expressions of the shack really changes throughout time. So it's really nice that adults and kids are picking up different things every time they read the book. Yeah, and that's the mark of a really special story to have these things that, you know, it starts that conversation like we were talking about earlier where they broaden each other's perspectives. Yeah, exactly. Mm. There is, you know, even in the colours page, there's a section that I talk through, I think, the spectrums of blue. And so it's in front of a spectrum of blue, sky blue, sea blue, deep blue and midnight blue. And I've had a few people say, or kids say, oh, it's scary in the midnight blue, there's sharks there. And so it's nice that even just a simple page like this, which I didn't really think, you know, I I thought it was a lovely page, but there's a lot more that happens with the kids' imaginations with some of these pages that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Oh. Oh. My gosh, what's that? Someone's knocking at the podcave's entrance. Excuse me for a moment. Oh my gosh. Renata? Hello? I don't know where she went. Oh my. But I wanted to say goodbye and thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoy the Lucky Shack. I think you have the wrong address. No bears live here. Oh. A booking. Oh. Builder bear. And you're a builder bear. Whoops. Uh, uh, Actually, yes. I do have a few things around here that could do with fixing. Last week, a book fell on my head, so clearly the bookshelves in here need uh, some kind of repair. Maybe you could help me with that. And I do have a rabbit hole that I fell down just over there. So maybe maybe we could fill that in. You know? And there are a few nicks in the pod cave's walls where it's a long story, but there were fireworks. It's, you know, anyway, just maybe you could patch those up for me. Um, yeah, that would be great. Come on in. Scorch marks? Oh, yeah, that was that was a dragon. It's fine. Those actually look kind of cool, so I think we'll just leave those. I think we need hard hats. Thank you for listening to The Endless Shelf. Renata can't host the podcast right now because there's a builder bear in the pod cave. Honey?